0: Self care.
1: Freedom is self care. It's not about pedicures. It's not about clothing. It's
0: not about trips. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Hi, everyone. I'm back in the studio with Yasmin Cheyenne. She is lovely and amazing and a dear friend of mine. Y'all really enjoyed her episode on doing the work. If you haven't listened to that yet, I would suggest you do that first before coming here. But our conversation is really just amazing and filled with gems. So I would also suggest that you pull out your notebook and a pen and join us as we take a deep dive into doing the work part two. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. We are back in the studio with Yasmin. Thank you for being here. A lot of folks really loved her episode with me on doing the work. So if you have not listened to that, circle back um, because we're kind of going to be piggybacking off of that during our chat today. So for those of you who may not be familiar with Yasmin, I will let her introduce herself. So who are you and what do you do? So
1: I am a spiritual teacher, a writer, and an advocate for mental health, and essentially I use... Uh, my creative outlet writing to talk about the tough stuff that we're doing as we navigate our lives, boundaries, uh, codependency, breakups, making up, all that stuff. <laughs> and oh, a huge part of it is uh, also I um, teach energy work.
0: Mm-hmm. So I laughed at the breakup makeup because <laughs> you and I are married, mm-hmm. but I think there's been a lot of shifting in like friend groups and family relationships. So mm-hmm. I kind of want to start there a lot of people look at boundaries as something that we set for other people right mm-hmm. what has your audience and your clients and your students what have they been asking you recently about boundaries and how they can move through their relationships with honoring their self boundaries versus just setting the boundaries for an outsider
1: So I'll be honest, and if you are a student of mine, you hear this, sorry, but (laughs) nobody's ever like, how can I do this? They're like, how can I make this person finally Mm. show up? How can I, you know, stop expecting them to do this thing when they never measure up? It's always in the context of the blame Mm. of what that person is doing to us. And sometimes legitimately, people are doing things to us. So you know, honoring the fact that someone's showing up with you in a way that is not in alignment with you, that's hurtful, that's, you know, uh, neglectful or even abusive is important. Mm -hmm. But usually we get to a certain point in the story or in the relationship where we have to come to ourselves and say, how am I participating in this? How am I allowing this? How am I continuing to show up with them? What am I getting from staying in this cycle with them? Because a lot of times we don't even realize that that person showing up in the way that they do helps to solidify whatever story it is that we have about ourselves and mm. what they mean to us. Um, so give an example
0: about that. So let's use a family member, for mm-hmm. example, because you and I have been talking a lot about how we navigate our, our families, mm-hmm. right? So there was this one woman who reached out to me asking specifically how to move through the relationship with her mom. hmm And she's like, I get the whole boundaries thing. I get, you know, boundaries, barriers. I understand that people treat us how we allow, et cetera, et cetera. But she's my mom. And Mm -hmm. so how do I not become estranged from her, Mm -hmm. but meet her where she is without getting. You like to say. um, Hooked. Hooked. (laughs) Since I get hooked a lot. Um, But no, like. How would you say that to someone who's saying, hey, I have this going on with someone who is very dear to me Mm -hmm. in some sense, um, even if that relationship may be a little unhealthy? Right. So the first thing I think I would mention is
1: sometimes boundaries are extremely firm, meaning sometimes they mean that we are no longer in relationship, Mm -hmm. um, which is still different than a barrier because boundaries mean I have access to my work barriers mean I'm cutting this off it doesn't exist mm. which means you can't access your work because you think it's over that's that's usually how our minds work like right. I'm done with them right so then we're done with all of the emotion Well, we think we're done with all the emotion <laughs> right so I wanted to mention that but when it comes to dealing with fam- someone especially someone as close as a parent even a sibling grandmother anything like that husband it's very difficult to Uh, figure out how to set those boundaries without getting hooked. I will will say the gateway, so to speak, for being able to navigate that relationship without getting hooked is being honest with yourself about Mm -hmm. what is it, who they are. Because if we are honest, and I know, you know, speaking for myself, we're meeting that person in their relationship with the expectation of what we wish they were. Mm -hmm. So we show up and we're like, you know, you're my mom. You're my dad. You should be this. Right. Why are you not this? They've never been this thing. And so, when we have that that spaciousness of being honest, that is usually when the grief hits. Mm-hmm. Because once you're honest about who they are, then the sadness is allowed to come. Because the anger is what you're usually coming with. Right. Like you are a mess, and every time <laughs> I see you, it's a mess. Right. Why? Right. Oh, it's because this is who you've always been. Grief. Mm. Then you begin to process, Okay, I'm hurt because you may never be what I need or want or want or, you know, the dream that I had of what our relationship could be Mm. was just a dream. It never was that. Mm. And so now you're at a space of, okay. Now that I'm seeing you for who you are, I'm not I'm not expecting anything other than who you are. That's where the hooks stop. For me, because Mm -hmm. and for a lot of people that I work with, because once you're meeting them where they are, you're like, I know she's going to be two hours late because she's never cared about my time. Mm. I know she's going to have something to say about my outfit because she always, you know, like, right. This is who she is. So and it still hurts. Mm -hmm. I still have to do the work around this. I still have to process the fact that we spent 20 minutes together and this was what it was during the 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Like. I think even though we may not get hooked into the cycle, which would most likely look like, why do you always have to say something? You know, the the back and forth, even though we're not hooked in the cycle, the pain may still remain. And that's the part we don't
0: want to. So I have a question. Mm -hmm. So you were just saying the hook is engaging with the person in a way that may be confrontational. Right. Yes. Well, I'm just going to use me, for example, because if somebody says something to me, especially if they're close to me, I have no problem saying, well, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Why are you saying it that way? Why did you say it that way? What is that about? Mm -hmm. And you and I have talked about that multiple times and you're like, "Okay, so what could you have done differently to not get hooked into that situation? Mm -hmm. So I think the question I have is. How do we. Navigate that and also feel like we're speaking up for ourselves. Mm, mm-hmm. I think
1: the the important piece is the internal conversation mm-hmm. that we need to be having with ourselves about this person, like maybe on a day-to-day basis, maybe we're, I mean, not a day-to-day, but like during your journa- journaling practice, when you're doing your work, when you're in therapy, when you're in coaching, when mm. you're talking with friends, because if you're having those internal conversations, those tough conversations, you're like, I know this person doesn't even have the capacity to have this argument. Mm. Like if I stood up for myself in a truly vulnerable way and said, you know, what you're doing is hurting me. Are they going to hear me? Right. Or are they going to be like, yes, hooked. And then. And, and it may not. And to be clear, the, the yes hooked part is not often conscious. Like they're unconscious to the fact that this is how they feel connected. This is how they feel loved. This is how Mm. it's a really, you know, unfortunate space, you know, to witness someone you love in that unawareness of the fact that what they're doing is actually hurting the people that they love as opposed to causing us to be closer. Right. Um, But definitely, you know, going to that place of, okay, You know, they said something that's going to take me to that that space, but like that self-check of they don't have the capacity for this. Will I just be draining my energy Mm -hmm. if I engage? Absolutely. Is Mm -hmm. it worth it? No, it's not. They don't have the capacity to hear me. Mm -hmm. We're going to have an argument. I'm going to be, in theory, sticking up for myself, but really... That sticking up, that confrontation—what is it going to do to the rest of my week? How am I going to show up with my family? Am I going to have space for my kids, or am I going to be in bed? Mm. Am I like mm-hmm. all of the, mm-hmm. the ripple effects right. of what happens when we we aren't
0: truly sticking up for ourselves? We're like, see me and hear me, hear and me. like I'm forced. I want to force you to do yes. that. So, the next question I have for you is, how does that? how can that connect to self boundaries is so that's Mm -hmm. where we kind of started the conversation Mm -hmm. having that internal it sounds like what you're saying to me is having that internal conversation is the self check is the self boundary like is this worth it yes
1: and And looking at the relationship from a space of, okay, this is what I, you know, I have these standards that I expect from the people I'm in relationship with. Mm. Some standards should just be across the board, respect, you know, integrity, honest, you know, whatever it is for you. But then am I meeting myself in that same space? I was actually talking to a client recently and she was like, you know, they never, they never show up with me on time. You know, when they do show up, it's like, I only have 15 minutes. So I'm like, you know, and I said, "I, I hear you in that and I, and you need to, have that internal conversation of why am I holding space for this person who never reciprocates Mm -hmm. that space? But in addition to that, do I hold space for myself or am I only dishing out the space? What I mean by that is a lot of people are like, I love to help people. I love to show up for people and never give that same kind of help or attention to themselves. So, Even if you have a journal practice or if you go to therapy or whatever it is that that you spend that time to, you know, fill up your jar, so to speak. What are you doing to give back to yourself that doesn't include anyone else that has nothing to do with anyone else? And that's that that's the biggest self boundary to me, Mm -hmm. because the way we want people to show up, are we showing up with ourselves in that same way? Most of the times, even myself included, it's no. We're not. <laughs> right. And so. Right. But if we're doing that self-check and enforcing that self-boundary, you'll realize I don't even have as much time as I think I have. To give. To give. Yeah. And so when you do give, you, you become naturally more intentional. I mean, even for myself, the way that that shifted for me, the time that I share is naturally more intentional to the spaces and places and people
2: mm-hmm.
1: who are reciprocating that. The people who aren't, I'm like, let's try next week. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. no shade. Right. But
0: I don't have that space this week. Right. That is so interesting that you brought that up because I had a client call this morning at 9 a.m. And I asked her a couple days ago when we had our welcome call to answer the journal question, who am I to myself? Mm. And she said she started with. I'm a daughter, I'm a sister, I'm a friend. And then she goes, Hey, wait a second. That's that that's not to myself. Mm-hmm. That's that's how, that's how I am for other people. Like this it, it's so interesting how our identities oh. mm-hmm. are wrapped up so heavily mm-hmm. in how we're received by other people. And I just wonder how we're able to kind of have harmony with like, yes, this is who I am for others. So for you and I, we're wives, we're Mm -hmm. friends, we're mothers, Mm -hmm. we're business owners, all those things, right? Mm -hmm. But we're not just wives and mothers and friends and people who own businesses. Mm -hmm. We're also interested, so I'm going to speak for me, I'm also interested in photography, in um, arts and crafts, in going outside and being and moving my body. Like there's so many different things, right? Right. How do we find that harmony without getting so caught up in who we are for other people and who we are with ourselves? Is there, are they, are they separate or are they not?
1: It's so interesting. I feel like the redefinition process, because there's this huge societal context of how, specifically women. Mm -hmm. And there's, I don't remember the study, but there was this, article i read about how women identify themselves mother mom sister aunt men are like i'm ceo yep i'm you know yep and i happen to have a wife and kids <laughs>
0: Happened to yeah like
1: and also i'm a dad mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um because of our nature to want to belong because of our nature to want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves i mean we create like literally create life mm-hmm. so i think the redefinition process taking yourself out of um the space of How we give and who we are and how we serve and looking at what is it that I need, that's that piece of self-boundaries that most people get caught up in Mm -hmm. and stuck at because it looks and feels selfish. Mm -hmm. That's just by definition. It looks and feels selfish because usually we've been taught that caring about yourself more than others is selfish. Mm That definition has been taught to us to keep codependency alive, mm-hmm. because if you believe that taking care of yourself is selfish and you should be taking care of others, you can't you can't be codependent. Yep. So that's how I get led right back to it. Always leads back to that work, but like the being honest about what it is that you've been taught in those cycles, lineage based, ancestral based. I mean, if you're a woman of color, if you're a black one of woman of color born in America giving to yourself is recent mm-hmm. like that is not something right that any woman of color has had the freedom to really do and we're still learning how to navigate that right. for sure for sure so really being honest with yourself about how hard it is and taking those small itty bitty steps sometimes it's, it's as small as carving out that space in your career and mm-hmm. being like this is who you know my voice matters at work What I say, you know, just finding your niche, finding where you feel more comfortable or even in relationships Mm -hmm. like this is my these are my standards. This is what I believe I deserve. If you don't meet it, then you're out Mm. Um, learning how to not settle.
0: Join the millions of students, including myself, already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare. For free when you use my code. That's right. Skillshare is offering Hey Girl listeners two months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash Hey Girl. Again, that's Skillshare.com slash Hey Girl to start your two months now. You will not regret it. Skillshare.com slash Hey Girl. Do you love discovering new products? Are you a beauty and fashion maven constantly on the hunt for the next best thing? Ever read about or spot something online that you've always wanted to try but never have? Then you might love FabFitFun. It allows women everywhere to discover new products as well as including rave review and must-have brands that you know and love. It's like Christmas four times a year. Stumped on gift ideas? FabFitFun is also a great gift for someone you love. You can surprise your mom or sister with this awesome summer box packed with great items. Do you have a daughter who's going to college, maybe? Or a friend who's a new mom? FabFitFun is an awesome care package. My last box came with this beautiful lotus towel. It was blue and it's shaped like the flower and it has a gorgeous design in the middle. That's something we've been laying out on the deck and relaxing on for a few weeks now. So what I love about FabFitFun is that they offer full-size products, no samples of anything. Every box is guaranteed to have over $200 plus in retail value. The summer 2019 box has a total retail value between 269 to 467 That's fantastic. Treat yourself with items in it, such as the Sutra Professional Mini Travel Blow Dryer, the beautiful Vicks Paula Lotus Towel, or the West Elm Indigo Tie-Dye Bowls. Many of the products individual value is more than the entire cost of the box. You can customize your box by choosing some products and some add-ons with each one, or you can be surprised. It's great for discovering new brands and new products. What a better way to shop. I'm looking forward to my next box because they're always so different and packed with things I can actually use. I like to share the items in my box with my 11 year old. She's really into skincare these days. We recently got a clay mask and a foot mask and a body scrub. She loves them all. The FabFitFun 2019 Summer Box is on sale now. So sign up for FabFitFun today. These boxes always sell out. You can use my code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first box. All you have to do is go to FabFitFun to sign up and get started. Use promo code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first box. That's over $200 for only $39.99. Go to FabFitFun.com and use my code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. We were having a chat recently about being, being wives and being mothers and how our time is so different now and how mm-hmm. we really do have to find the space to pour into ourselves mm-hmm. and to have a moment, which is very interesting because a lot of time we don't get a moment until babies go down or the whole family is asleep or before yes. everyone wakes up, right? So recently I was having a conversation with quite a few of my single friends mm-hmm. saying like, I don't understand why I'm single. (laughs) I have a, Mm. I'm great. I'm nice. I'm funny. I'm ready to settle down. And I just can't find anyone worth my time. Right. So because I've been so far removed from dating, Mm -hmm. it seems... Like more and more women that I meet who are single and who want to be in relationship with someone else, are saying the same thing. Yes. And this woman asked me a, a question recently, and she goes, "Is it me? Because you you hear all the time you are what you attract." And
1: that's a very privilege. But go ahead.
0: And I said, "I don't think it's I don't think it's you. Mm-hmm. I think that in these types of situations." Sometimes you just haven't met the right person yet. Mm-hmm. And she's like, because when I have met someone, they're either manipulative or it's fine for a little while and then it's not fine. And then I'm looking at myself like, is it is it me? Like, am I the reason why I'm attracting these? And I don't I'm not a big believer in that. That's why I said that the the law of attraction
1: and all of that is, you know, I, I don't teach that. I have been taught that um, I have studied it. But what I'm saying is when I say privilege mm-hmm. is, again, I want to bring it back to if you're a person of color, if you're a woman of color, all if you're a woman, like it's very that that whole mind frame is very privileged that if you just think it, it will become right. there's a lot that goes into making things happen. And most of it is the work. Mm-hmm. The, <laughs> the piece that's missing is the work mm-hmm. um, and is defined differently for different people. So I would answer that woman's question for sure, as you did. No, it is not. You that is attracting this purposely right. into your life. Right. No one is going out saying, how can I find a terrible date? Right. <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> but what I have found, I have a lot of friends who are in the same circumstances, um, and it, it often stems from, and this isn't for everyone, but just from what I've seen is something happens to women specifically so we're in our 20s, and it's the fun phase. Mm-hmm. We're having a good time. We're learning. We're building that career. And that's for some people. Alex and I are the are different because we were raising kids in our right. 20s. But for most, right, that's the time of growth, career, fun. Um, and then, like, 28 happens, and you realize, oh, my God, I'm about to be 30. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows what that means, right? It's time to start figuring out if you want to have kids. It's time to start figuring out blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, and what I found for most men, if they get to 28, 30, 29, 30, and they don't have kids they and they don't have a wife, they get even more picky. Like, it's like they can become more picky mm. about who they choose and, and what they choose to to do with their lives because they don't have the same time clock, so to speak, mm-hmm. that we have, even though that time clock's expanding. For women who are looking to figure out how they can attract what it is that they want in a partner, um, you do often often have to look at yourself Mm -hmm. and it's not to say that men don't have to do that same thing they do but for women specifically we often and we talked about this a little bit earlier have these very specific standards for what we want in a partner and I always ask my friends this would you are you doing this yourself like you want him to work out seven times a week like (laughs) no shade. Right. But do you work out seven times a week? Are you cut? Are you ripped? Are you ready for that? He eats protein, you know, only, only life. Right. Or are you about the wine relaxing? Mm -hmm. Like you're looking for this partner that has all these things that don't even align with who you really are. And then that goes Mm -hmm. back to the question of, you know shit do I know who I am do I know what I want or do I have in mind a partner that would match up with what I want people to believe that I believe that I am societally mm. in my circles in my life what does you know having a partner mean to you does it mean that everything is complete or do you realize the amount of work you just signed up with for mm-hmm. because marriage means not only am I taking on my own shit but now I'm married to your shit and your lineage <laughs> <Rain>. shit
0: <laughs> all the stuff all the shit. Right. Literally. Like, right. And it's like,
1: take that work and, and quadruple it. Right. Add the kids. I mean, marriage is Add the beautiful. Bills. Add the bills. Marriage is beautiful. It's amazing to be partnered. I'm yeah. not saying that, you know, that it's not a great thing. But what I am saying is, are you currently living your life in a in a environment that is spongy and fermenting and, like, making this the 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 proper ground Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for the type of relationship that you're looking for or are you living in a in a completely different way than Mm -hmm. who you're looking for and then you might ask hmm that's why I keep attracting this kind
0: of person that's what I had to do that is what I had to do because prior to meeting Ryan um I was just longing and chasing and like I call it that grasping energy. That's what I was doing. Literally mm-hmm. grasping at not even straws. Mm-hmm. I don't know like those little lint the little <clears throat> lint things that you just try to pluck off mm-hmm. when things start peeling. That's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Holding on to old people, old habits and just hoping that, oh, I can I can just pluck that little lint that ball little off ball. and it'll be fine. And it was never fine. No. Nope. And the year before I met Ryan, I've told the story a couple times, but just like in a nutshell, the, near, the year before I met Ryan, I was dating this guy in Richmond, Virginia, and I was driving back and forth to Richmond every other weekend. And I thought we were dating. We weren't. He, I was dating him. He was not dating me. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was a wake up call. And I knew that I wanted a husband. Mm-hmm. He wasn't ready for that. He didn't want to be a stepdad, you mm-hmm. know. I knew that. I wanted someone to come drive to see me. Mm-hmm. He wasn't driving to see me, and those are the, f- you kn- like ladies. <laughs> These are the flags. That was and I, that was my last flag because mm-hmm. I was notorious for chasing and grasping after people who were literally telling me, "I don't want you like that." Mm-hmm. And Ryan was the first person that I was the first man that I became friends with platonic friends with before getting into a relationship. Mm -hmm. I did things differently, but to rewind, I also was alone for about a year, no sex. My friend group shifted. I really rooted into Alex. I start like, that's where words from a wanderer. My first book came from, Mm -hmm. I was writing love notes and affirmations and poems to myself and about the love that I wanted because everything else wasn't working mm-hmm. and I had to get to know who I was mm-hmm. what I was doing just like you said are you the type of person that you'd want to be with essentially right. and I wasn't
1: or are you, are you even a match am I even a match because if you look if you're looking for a man that wants to have kids or wants to settle down and wants to do all these things are you settled mm-hmm I mean, it's really. I, don't I was literally make not. Make it seem like it's mm, simple, right? It's because not. It's not simple, right? But it becomes very simple to be like, you're not. You're it. You're not it. <laughs> and we sit in this space of, but maybe.
0: But maybe he's good you know enough. What? Just a little nice enough. Mm-hmm. He's
1: having a hard time. She's having a hard time. Right. You know, I can, you know, be there for them. I think they're just having a lot of like. You don't even know this person's middle name. You don't know anything about this person. And we're already settling. Look at that energy in yourselves. Like I don't know this person, and I'm already willing to lay myself mm. on the ground for them to walk right through. Mm-hmm. To hope, and I talk about that a lot. That hope will get you caught out every, there
0: every time
1: because you're hoping that they will become someone. This goes back to even the parent conver- the, the conversation earlier. We're hoping that they'll be someone that they've already showed us they're not. So in the in the first you know two weeks of knowing somebody
0: we know we
1: know we we know and i and i say this you know i used to say this to my friends too if he was a the opposite sex of whatever it is that you're you know looking for mm-hmm. or you're um you're dating so if this was a platonic friend like for me if this was a girlfriend mm-hmm. i would be like you know what no <laughs> why are we so much harder <laughs> on our friends and the people we're looking to spend the rest of our lives with mm. Like you would just throw a friend out the window if she said the wrong thing. Right. But he can say, I don't like what you're wearing. Wear something else. And you put something else on, you know. And and that's that place of like, why why am I willing to allow him to do this for the sake of so-called partnership? Mm. And that's where that self-work comes in, those boundaries, that love and all of
0: that. I mean it's big and I don't think so I read something recently on Instagram that somebody wrote you don't have to love yourself to love someone else I and that shocked me mm-hmm. and it shocked me because it shocked me because that's that's not my work. Mm-hmm. I Maybe for somebody else that is their work but I don't understand that concept and for me personally, I had to get into relationship with myself mm-hmm. before I could be a good friend, before I could be a partner, and to be a better mother. I was just, that was
1: the first thing. that When I read it, I said, okay, I didn't fully understand what loving myself was at 24 when I, ha- when I became a mother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I loved my daughter. Mm-hmm. So, check. Right. But... Once I learned how to love myself, oh, my God, the love completely is completely different. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the capacity to really hold the type of space that I can hold for her or anyone Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. that I had when I didn't believe in my worth at all or love myself at all. So, again, you know, for me, I understand that for some people, you you know, when you're in that work, you do have people in your life that you love and care about on the road to learning to love yourself and I completely feel like that's okay but staying in that space very codependent for me it can get us caught in that space of I love him um
0: even though I don't love me and so he fills me up Mm, that that's it I mean that with parents with friendships Mm -hmm. with a job Mm -hmm. I don't I don't really love myself but this job is paying me six figures this job is good enough and Mm -hmm. That's my worth. That's
1: that's my worth. And you associate it with those external things. And I actually just talked about this on a post, you know, that external valid- validation, sometimes in this work, we forget how important external validation is. Mm-hmm. That's the reason we're settling in these relationships mm-hmm. with these, these people that do not meet our needs and are red flagging all over the place. Because right. somewhere along the line, we did not receive the external validation that, you know, as a mom, humans need. To hear from the outside, you're doing great. Right. I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. And so, if you don't get that, of course, you don't know how to give it to yourself. And of course, if somebody's saying it, you're like, you got me. Mm-hmm. You know, this mm-hmm. is the first time I felt this. I've,
0: that was me. Right. I didn't hear many good things growing up. Mm-hmm. So, I was always searching for somebody to validate me, 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 me. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of my work has come from dispelling the need Mm -hmm. to feel seen by being validated by somebody else. Mm -hmm. I recently started wearing a new bra by Third Love, and I absolutely adore it. Did you know that breast shape matters when you're finding a good fit? I didn't. Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. I found the Fit Finder quiz really helpful when I was picking out my third love bra. I didn't know I was wearing the wrong size for so long. I think what's really awesome about this is that over 12 million women have taken the quiz to date, and it's actually a pretty fun experience. I answered a few simple questions and I found my perfect fit in about 60 seconds. Third Love offers more than 70 sizes, which is more sizes than most other brands, including their signature half cup sizes. Not only that, but Third Love is convenient. You can skip the trip to the mall, find your fit with their online fit finder, order, try it on at home. No more awkward fitting room experiences. What really sold me on Third Love was the 100% fit guarantee. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, you can return it. And 3rd Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. 3rd Love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. Fit stylists are available every day to help via text, chat, or phone. Returns and exchanges are free and easy. What's not to love? 3rd Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they're offering Hey Girl listeners 15% off of your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash heygirl to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash heygirl for 15% off today. I think it's a little bit different when we're talking about parent-child because Mm -hmm. we're rearing the next generation and we want them to feel abundant and we are who they're looking for to get back up again, Mm -hmm. you know, and and to to validate. So in that sense, I'm right there with you. Mm -hmm. But I think it gets dangerous when we don't, when the child, for instance, doesn't shift to start trusting their own self. So for instance, with my oldest daughter, I validated her a lot, and I still do, but she can validate herself yeah. because there have been moments where she's fallen down and I'll look at her and she'll look at me and she'll get back up, brush herself off, and say I'm okay. Yeah. And that's because I taught her that. Mm-hmm. I taught her you can fall down and you can get back up. Mm-hmm. right? So as adults, and when we switch to wanting validation from from other people, be it at work, you know, we count on validation for promotions. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, we count on our partner to tell us that we're doing a good job to feel like we're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Where is that happy medium of, yes, that's, that validation is a bonus, but yes. it's not my, it's, it's not my worth. Right. And it, it's like this valid, this external validation feels great
1: and I and I do want this in my life mm-hmm. like for a partner for example or mm-hmm. even for your business like I like I want you to tell me that you like what I'm putting out yeah. I want you to tell me that you know I want you to remember our anniversary mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. those things matter right but also I am not worthless if you don't that that part mm-hmm. and and that's the difference of like you know if you forget our anniversary you know that's a shitty thing mm-hmm. and I'm still I still love myself I'm still worthy and, we just got to have this tough conversation. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. the association, that grasping energy, spe- especially when it comes to dating, that t- that's that comes from that. For me, you know, not having that growing up or not having that throughout your adult life, whenever it shifted mm-hmm. and looking for it in that partner, um, you are literally looking for somebody to fill you up. And so when you and by the way, that's scary. Yeah, like. Uh, relationships are one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So, if I'm a hundred percent and I see that you might be around sixty and you want forty percent of me, I'm not calling you back. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's it's unfortunate and it's it's harsh to hear. But you know, a lot of times when you have that person that's grasping for you, the the other person who's being grasped at can feel right that energy, and it's not always a match. And if it is a match. <laughs> <laughs> get ready for some cyclical stuff in yeah. that relationship because they're going to they're gonna be counting on you not being filled in order to feel validated. Mm.
0: What are some tips that you would give folks who are wanting to be in a relationship with other people, also wanting to do their work mm-hmm. and stand in their worth while being a nurturer and a giver, but still having enough wherewithal to be filled on their own. So first, I
1: want you to, like, pen and paper or voice notes, <laughs> something that you can listen back to, tangible. Mm-hmm. Um, list out the relationships that you already have of people in your life that, when you're feeling down, I'm talking when 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 you're at your worst, that you can call and they actually hear you and see you. Mm-hmm. If you, unfortunately, because I was there at a the time in my life, don't have any of those relationships, then the the overgiving nurturer carer needs to retire for a moment, like needs to get put on the shelf and you have to start giving it to yourself. Because the first step is assessing how much of me am I giving away mm-hmm. and not getting anything in return. Um, you can... I mean, let's say you're in a work non for profit work or you do something for a living where you give or you care or you know, I get it. That's an exchange. That's different mm-hmm. because you're getting paid for that work. Mm-hmm. Or you're getting hours for college for that work. See the exchange means not that it has to be tit for tat, but that there is some capacity for you to also if, if you if someone is calling you constantly and you're on the phone for two hours with them, walking them through an issue, and then when you call them, they're like, Man, that's really tough. I don't know. Mm. every single time i mean you know you really have to be honest with yourself um so by doing that you begin to give yourself back some spaciousness and energy to begin to cultivate these relationships and that's the next thing that i would look at Mm. how can i begin to get, get into spaces and places like self-care sessions like there's so many women of color and women in general out here creating these little spaces where women can show up and that those women are showing up to cultivate relationships to do their work yeah. to meet people in that same line of, of work as them which is you know I want to be with people who are also looking at how they can live in alignment with what matters to them not just get not just take mm. or not just give um and I think that's important I think the important piece that a lot of us miss just to drive it, this home is that sometimes it does take investing in yourself in a different way, in a new way, um, to and getting uncomfortable with it, even if the investment means I'm not answering my phone after eight. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard and it's scary because we're afraid we're gonna lose people, the, the only people we feel like we have, but when we, when we become honest with ourselves and see that we have them, but it's not in a way that is serving us. Fully, It doesn't mean the relationship has to end. Right. It just means the boundary needs to change. Right. Um, then we'll begin to have the spaciousness to be able to call in those relationships. A lot of us are looking for relationships, especially partnerships. We don't have any space.
2: Mm.
1: We truly don't have any space. So instead of being with our friends and our family all the time, then we just go ghost on our families and friends, and we're just with this, ma- this man now. Right. The friends and family are gone. Now I'm just with the man because you don't even have any space for yourself. Mm. And so... I feel like that's really important. And to your point, I did the a very similar thing. I was alone for a minute um, and had a lot of fun just figuring out what it was that I wanted. Um, and had a lot of hard times. It yeah. wasn't always fun. Right. Let me be honest.
0: <laughs> it's hard. Sometimes it's lonely. It was, really hard. it was very lonely. I mean, there was some definite like high moments where it's like, "Damn, girl! Like yes. you are, you got this. You know, and you can do this. Mm-hmm. You're worthy of this." And really, truly meaning it. But then when that hard stuff came up,
1: it was like, you know what? Why? Why am I doing this? And what is the point? Mm. Um, but the point always rears its head. Yes. Yes. And it's you stick through it quick. It, it's quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker. Yep. Um, and of course, we have those ones that are like lifelong ones. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll find out in the end. But mm-hmm. it's quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker. Yeah.
0: So interesting that you were talking about the relationships because something that stands out to me about you still is um, we kept trying to spend time with one another. Mm. Um, I had just had Isla. You were still pregnant with Yara. And my time was stretched thin. And I think you were still kind of in your nesting. And I remember I came to your house to drop something off and I had to go. And I think you might have either said to me in text or in person, like, hey, next time, I would love if we could like really make time because I want to sit and talk with you. Mm -hmm. Because it might have been like two times that I had to just come and go. And you were like, well, um, I don't I want to like hang out and I, I need that. And I remember thinking, wow, like and it checked me, you know, to take a step back and yes. I have this newborn, but also I I have like an hour, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, it made me just think about how I want community to show up in my life. And I think ever since then, you and I have been like really just clear with our communication and our capacities to hold space for each other. And those are the types of relationships that I have been wanting, right? And I have a couple of close friends who I can have those interactions with, like, hey, but I need and I, I want. Mm-hmm. But that took, it took years. So last year when I when I started getting closer with you and I met a couple other new mom friends and just new women on, the, on a very similar walk, I'm like, this is what I've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, I'll be 30 this year. I was 29. I am 29. But, you know, I had just turned 29 and thinking, like, this is what I've been waiting for. And it took a long time, but it was really worth the wait to be around it people is. who can hold space and who can make me think about how I'm holding space and how I'm showing up, which right. is really important as well. And just and being it takes a long time to
1: to be confident, to ask for what you need. Yeah. And then it also takes a long time to, to have the intuition and discernment of who you can ask that from. Mm. So, you know. We had already built a relationship where I knew I could do that. That with other people, and that's where it comes in that that self boundary, that self mm-hmm. checking. It could have mm-hmm. gone another another place mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it it does. Not everyone has the capacity to look at it and say, "I do have an hour." Mm. Some people will look at it and say, "Girl, I am raising a newborn," and I, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. To 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 people listening and saying, "I've done that before, and it backfired." Like it may have been not the you may have been just timing and also they may not have the capacity to hear you and you you can create that and cultivate that and look for that and for me too looking for that in my walk and in my life because we are still so young I'm kind of getting towards the (laughs) knot
0: no you're still young
1: but you know (laughs) so young a lot of people most of my friends are still single
0: don't have kids. Mm, that's a whole nother.
1: So it's just mm-hmm. you know having that, still having those friends and having those connections, but then also having the people who can really relate to, especially this newborn. You know, she's not a newborn anymore, but this I infant know. life
0: makes me sad. I know <laughs> she'll be one years old on the twenty fourth of January. Yes, but now I feel you, and we've had those conversations as well. Like being wives and being mothers and how that can feel really isolating. It's so interesting, because everyone's looking at you
1: like you have a partner, you have what I'm looking for, and I'm like, you have a room full of women that just showed up to your birthday dinner, and we're having Chick-fil-A for my birthday dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's definitely like that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it depends on where you are in the space. Mm it's really important to like look at people and be like, I don't really know the whole story. Like, I don't know the whole story. Like, even though you're vacationing and you're doing this and you're doing that and it looks fabulous at night, you know, I don't know what that's like mm. anymore. Right. And vice versa. Right. You know, even though it looks like this and this and that, you know, I was up at four 30 in the morning last night until 6am because my infant was up and kicking it. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. Right. <laughs> so it's just, it's, It is very isolating to speak from the perspective of where I am right now sometimes because, you know, you're out on the island. And that's why it's good to have those connections and those relationships like where sometimes I'm like, Alex, I'm just coming over. (laughs) Right. At least we could be on the island together for the next few hours. Right.
0: On the island together. That matters. Um, So I think just to wrap up our conversation, I would love for you to just give some encouragement to those people who are doing their work. And it feels really hard and they feel like, what am I doing? Like, what is my work? Because that's a big part of stepping into this evolution is like, what is my work? And then how do I do it? Right. What would you say to those folks who are in limbo, but also like really ready to start pouring into self so that everything else can fall into place? And not in a way that's perfect, Mm. but in a way that makes sense for their life and how they're moving through the world? Yeah. So the first part is it doesn't matter
1: what age you are because, I mean, I know that's that's easier to say for someone who, you know, is younger. But if you're 25 or if you're 45 and you're just starting this work, you're starting at the time that you're ready to start. That's the first thing. You're still going to get hit with the shit on the way down. Right. So we're all getting it. There's no, there's no winning. I want to say that um there's also no ro- there, there's also no right way to do it and in terms of how do I start this work for me and I think for Alex it was writing and just being hit with experiences very young in our life that forced us m- mostly for both of us motherhood mm-hmm. forced us to have to look at ourselves and the way that we want to show up with our with our daughters right um that we couldn't show up with in the way that we were you know currently wired so to speak right and so um What's brought you here? Mm-hmm. Like, what brought you to the place where, you know, you're looking at the, the the words that you're looking at on social media. You're reading the books that you're reading. What is the thing that's got you at this space and really begin to explore that? And I know for a lot of people, uh, have reached out to me and said writing is very triggering for them, and it's because you can't lie when you see what you see. Mm-hmm. That and, and that's why I, I said to use writing or voice notes, because sometimes when we talk. I mean, I've talked to people and I hear them talk themselves out of what they just told me within an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you write it, it's it's there. So if you can't write and it's very triggering for you, Voice Notes is amazing um, and allows you to just get it all out. You don't even have to listen to it until you're ready. But but having that release is important to be able to make that space Um And then from that place, begin to cultivate relationships. Even if it's on social media, you guys would be shocked how many people (laughs) meet on social media. Cultivate relationships with people who are also doing the same things. Even if it's just your social media friend and they're like, yes girl, you know, under comments or whatever. Because having that validation, when, when you're moving from one place in your life to the other place in your life, chances are the people in your life are your past, so to speak. That's big. Like you're in the present, but they're your past you're probably trying to get people to come with you and they don't want to.
0: And they're not ready. And
1: they're not ready. Or it's not it's not for them this lifetime. Who knows, right? Mm. So now you're out there alone. And the only thing I can say about that is sometimes it is lonely um, for a moment until you can begin to create those relationships and, and trust yourself enough to put yourself out there to create those relationships with people who are interested in living their lives similarly or in alignment or have the capacity to be in the same way that you want to the circles that you want to be in mm. um, and it will shift and it will change and they will show up. I know it doesn't feel like they will, but they will, but you have to, you do have to put yourself out there and get uncomfortable for that to take place. It's not going to magically happen by just saying, man, I want to have a different year this year. That's my intention. Okay. And then the work comes mm. and putting yourself out there.
0: Mm. Thank you. I think that's a good way to end. Before we go, please tell everybody what you have going on your courses that are live right mm-hmm. now, where they can find you on social media and how they can connect with you if they want to work with you? So um you can
1: connect with me on Instagram at Yasmin Y A S M I N E C H E Y E N N E yasmin Cheyenne and the same yasminshayen.com. Um I have many workbooks, I have writing practices and courses under the work with me tab on my website. Okay. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks the hey girl podcast is a member of the district productive produced by paul woody woodhall and me alex l music by dc's own kokai